And we're back, baby, with another episode of ESM. I'm your host, Eric, and I'm here with my co-host, Mike. Howdy, y'all. Uh, don't forget to give us a ra- uh, rating if you haven't already on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts, or wherever you get to hear our beautiful voices. Uh, Spotify is introducing beautiful. a new feature, um, I believe, next year. So like in a week <laughs> um, <laughs> where you'll be able to give us ratings on each episode for podcasts. I guess before they didn't have that. Oh, um, yeah. So that's kind of cool. Something that would help us with the algorithm and stuff. If you listen to us on Spotify, I only emphasize Spotify because that's usually where we, we get most of our listens. So shout out to Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts as well. So another another week gone. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed your Christmas uh, time with your families. Um, I for one didn't get to, unfortunately, just like many of the professional athletes, I got put on uh, health and safety protocol. Uh, <laughs> basically, fancy way of saying I got COVID last week. It's actually a perfect transition to our uh, news of the week. It's an insane amount of players on health and safety protocol. We have 122 NBA players currently, 271 NFL players on the COVID health and protocol list. Um, it's absolutely crazy. The fact that they're still having fans, at least at full capacity, I'm pretty sure it's either when I went to go see Spider-Man or when I went to the Charger game. Chances are probably the Charger game, but I like to bet on the the smaller um, audience. (laughs) (laughs) Currently, the European football nations are on winter leave. So I bet you, because like right before they went on to winter leave, they had a couple games that they had to postpone. Uh, A couple players were starting to get um, COVID. So I'm pretty sure Europe's usually the one that takes the more drastic route. So I guarantee you when they come back, they're probably not going to have fans. I wouldn't doubt if the NBA goes back to um, like the bubble or something, maybe during the all-star break or earlier. What, what do you think, Mike? Well, just with how successful that bubble was last year, I'm sure they would be completely fine with it. Yeah. Uh, and when I say they, I mean like the commissioner and people like that. I'm not sure about the players, but at yeah. least the success rate was very high if not almost a hundred percent besides our boy lou will last year so um, you wanted chicken wings man <laughs> can't blame him just somehow <laughs> stumbled into a strip club too <laughs> um that that's another story for another day but um since it's still the regular season i'm not sure how they would go about that either maybe they would just do how football was doing it and still have them travel but just completely empty stadiums kind of like how you were saying soccer will probably do it but yeah i'm not too sure i mean i just know how this stupid omicron um is like really contagious so yeah i guess it would be best for for fans at least to stay away right now but i think the yeah. bubble might like for the nba might be for the playoffs we'll see though yeah, I, I I think if like if it's uh, they're looking out for the health and wellness of the players and trying to stop the spread, that'd probably be the easiest way to do it. True. Uh, I mean, I guess not easiest, but um, more effective. 
it's just that um, trying to like tell these players, yeah, you have like what four or five months now that you can't see your kids. I'm, I'm yeah. sure the the protocols would be different because it would still be the the regular season. So if you have like a couple of days off in a row, maybe you'd be allowed to leave or something. I don't know, but I, I think just with how it's not even close to playoff time yet, they they probably can't do that bubble because the players would not be down. Yeah, especially for the NBA has like, it seems like each team plays almost three times a week. So mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough thing. And also you have to think about those uh, leagues are businesses as well. And I'm mm-hmm. assuming they lost a shitload of money last year. And as you know, as like cynical and that sounds, it's it's ultimately a business as well as entertainment. So they have to look at it from that perspective as well. Yeah, unfortunately, that's true. I mean, we'll see. Like, I guess we're gonna play it by ear. Uh, the majority of the NBA players are vaccinated, as well as the NFL. Is it's in the somewhat in the nineties percentage as far as like players being vaccinated. So we'll see. We'll see where that goes. Uh, but we're going to we're going to throw away the covid stuff for now and we'll go straight into our yeah, week 16 here. review. Uh we go to Minnesota where the Rams played the Vikings. The Rams pulled off a 30 to 23 win. Um it was kind of an uncharacteristic game for Matt Stafford. He had three picks which I'd probably say one of them wasn't his fault. The two of them were underthrown. So, uh, he's showing a little bit like, like he's trying to fit it into smaller windows. I, I, he did, it seemed like he tried to make stuff happen when he didn't really need to. Um, I don't know if it was just in the situations that he was in or. Yeah, he did look very uncomfortable out there for the whole game pretty much. And I know they were missing some guys on the O-line, so he kind of had to rush a lot of his throws, but yeah. The very least, you know, thought he would adjust a little bit better, but that certainly was his worst game in a Rams jersey. And like you said, one of them wasn't his fault, but those other two were really bad. And he had a lot of other poor throws as well. So that was uh, that was encouraging to see if you're a Rams fan, though, with everyone else kind of picking up the slack. Like Sony Michelle looked really good. Yeah. Um, Cooper Cup, despite Stafford's struggles, still balled out. So that's that's pretty encouraging, but Minnesota just in normal fashion, you know, could have easily won this game, had chances to win at multiple times, and they just can't do it, dude. I mean, they give up like a punt return touchdown, and they pick off Stafford three times. They win another yeah. turnover battle, and they still lose the game. It's it's definitely um, getting closer and closer towards the end for old Mike Zimmer, and I think they're just gonna, uh, they're obviously gonna let him coach rest of the year but that dude's going to be gone so we'll see who takes over the reins in that place because they have justin jefferson for a few more years and then if they're not doing so hot like he's gonna be gone too so they better hope that they get a coach in there that will uh bolster that offense and start winning some games yeah because i mean when dalvin cooks 100 percent he's a beast and you know madison is also a beast as well yeah He's nice. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a nice one-two punch if you have them both too. So definitely an offense that 
just needs the right coach to lead their way. Cause like, dude, Jefferson is absolute. Like I, I remember, I think I talked to you and I talked to other people for one of my fantasy teams, having to trade him away for a quarterback. Ended up biting myself in the ass for it, but <laughs> at the time it seemed like a good deal. Uh, I needed a quarterback and he wasn't doing too hot. He was doing like mediocre. And then all of a sudden, literally as I traded him the next four games, he's just like, 125 115 two touchdowns like he just the kid can ball man one one of the uprising uh wideouts in the league right now and he's only a sophomore which is second year in right yeah second yeah, year and that's despite Kirk Cousins and I would know more than most right now since he's crapped the bed for me in the fantasy playoffs two weeks in a row now <laughs> but despite his lackluster play he's still been getting his so that's just another sign of a superstar in the making. And yeah. he also broke Odell Beckham's record for most receiving yards in a player's first two seasons in that game. That's freaking crazy, dude. Really is. Because I remember at the time, everybody was just talking about Odell Beckham's first two years stats, first three years stats, and he passed him with a couple games to go. So we'll see where that dude is in five, six years. Hopefully he isn't where ODB is. Looking for his identity again. <laughs> <laughs> On the other side of the uh, the field, you have uh, Sony Mitchell, uh, Daryl Henderson, and Akers is coming back uh, off of the Achilles tear, which is crazy to me. Five um, months. Yeah, that doesn't crazy. seem like that. Freaks me out thinking about an Achilles that tore five months ago. Like going back to your normal routine of football <laughs> yeah freaks the point where out, he's, he's gonna play tomorrow or next week <sighs> i don't know dude it's it just sketches me out especially because he's been so good like he's still kind of the future of their backfield yeah it's not necessarily like, like look at how mitchell's running and henderson at times runs yeah, sony michelle's been killing it and daryl henderson in the beginning of the year before he got hurt was doing very well too so yeah, there's no why need the to rush back? him. I, yeah, I agree. I don't know why, but I mean, they have the best trainers in the world, of course, so they would know if he's ready yeah. to go or not. So just more amazing to me than anything that after five months, one of like the most brutal injuries an athlete can suffer, he's already back. Gives gives a Lions fans hopes for Jeff Okuda. That's for sure. Yeah. Whoever's a doctor for uh, Acres needs to go that way. Dude, right? Freaking <laughs> trade a first round pick for him. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, cra- it's crazy to me that they're rushing him back. But if he gets into form and he looks good, dude, that's a crazy three-headed monster going into the playoffs. I know. You almost think it's, like again, too much because one of them is going to have to kind of take the back seat. Yeah, they can't rotate all three of those guys all game. They're gonna have to get someone in a rhythm. I think that would end up being Henderson because probably it seems Tony like he's been kind just of, running incredibly well lately. Yeah, and he seems like a better uh, passing down guy. Yeah, it's unfortunate for Henderson because he like got hurt and he got COVID, a lot of setbacks, like kind of get out of sh- game shape and stuff too. So I'm sure he'll yeah. get back to form eventually as well. That could also be, I mean, if the Rams need more chips, that's another chip for them to like trade if they need it. That too, dude. That's all they need, dude. 
to flip someone else for a superstar because they don't have any superstars on their team. Yeah, it's not like they're like just create uh, collecting all the infinity stones for free, basically. <laughs> Haven't had a first round pick in like five years, but they're getting like every good player at each position. <laughs> yeah, it's like you'd start off with Stafford, and then you you see them get uh, what was his name? Oh, Odell. Then you get Von Miller, and then they got they made the uh, big Ramsey trade, and yeah. The only one that's like homegrown is Aaron Donald. Yeah, and the so- the Sony Mitch- uh, Mitchell trade was pretty much for nothing. If I'm I remember sorry, correctly. where did he come from? Uh, New England. Oh yeah, right, right, right. God, that seems like so long ago already. I know. If I remember correctly, it was like literally for like a sandwich. You know what that kind of reminds me of is <laughs> a sandwich. Now, <laughs> was it PB and J? Or are we talking like sub sandwich? Uh, PB and J, dude, for sure. Ah, damn, that's disrespecting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what that kind of sounds like, and like the timing—not timing-wise, but just like the same situation—is the Bucks getting Fournette last year? So we'll see oh, yeah. if it's like kind of same thing. Stafford gets their first year, then they they get a a key running back for basically nothing, who helps them in the playoffs all the way to a championship or something. Yeah, it's like aligning to be somewhat of a si- similar situation. Yeah, that's true. That and that's going to be another team that they got to uh, face in the playoffs. Um, the Rams, that is, uh, dude. Rams, Bucks. Oh, yeah, shit. I'm just so excited that Stafford will be back in the playoffs. I'm, I'll be ecstatic to watch that guy. And it goes I'm to sure show you, dude. Still- even with a bad game, they can still pull it off. It was a bad game, but not like you know, like oh, dude, he's back to. Uh, oh, what happened to? The Rams, Stafford, this is a Detroit Lions, Stafford. It's like, no, You dude. know what's funny, dude, is I, I heard a stat. It's something like he's 31 touchdowns to six interceptions on the year um, everywhere else. But when he's at a NFC North opponent building, so like the division he played in for the Lions, yeah. he's like two touchdowns, six interceptions, and people are just joking about it and saying – He's too familiar with his building to where he thinks he's in like the Lions uniform again. So he starts making <laughs> mistakes. Like, yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> it actually was kind of funny though. <laughs> Interesting stat though. I mean, yeah, muscle memory, dude. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know that, that. I don't think that's too too much to look into, right? Well, all I can say is he certainly wouldn't have won that game with that stat line on the Lions. Oh, no, I, definitely not. Definitely not. And that's the luxury that guy has now. <laughs> he deserves it. <laughs> <laughs> turn, turn, get turn this the, man a tissue, bro. Turn the podcast off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to uh, go to a little brighterness, I guess. So, so oh. Mike, yeah, Mike doesn't start actually crying. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> uh, we're going to Arizona where the Indianapolis Colts beat the Cardinals 22-16. to um, Another exciting team, both of them actually are very exciting, but yeah. one in the AFC, one in the NFC. Man, dude, they are, like, I was watching the, the I got to see the first half, and I got to see um, the first time that the Colts get on, Jonathan Taylor breaks out for that huge-ass run. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, okay. 
All right, this is gonna be this is gonna be one of those games, but overall, uh, the Cardinals kept the Colts in check, and vice versa. The Colts defense, it was they uh, had some three and outs that kept them to uh, field goals. What is it? The Colts only scored touch two touchdowns and one in um, the fourth and one in the first. Jeez. So. It was uh, definitely a big defensive battle, even though they put up some pretty big yards in total. They forced the Colts to punt three times. No turnovers, which is crazy, considering how how low the score was. I think the burning question for this game, though, is did the Detroit Lions break the Arizona Cardinals? You know I what, they, dude? I, I think they I did. I feel like... I, they might have, and I'll let you. I'll let you speak on that because it seemed like the Lions have won twice, and that following week, either you weren't able to record or I wasn't able to record last week, so you haven't had your time to talk about that. Unfortunately, not, and <laughs> we lost two days ago, so I'm not as excited anymore. Yeah, but in all seriousness, about that Cardinals matchup. Um, they were able to, you know, really contain Kyler Murray to I think it was only like six rushing yards and they just couldn't bury drives. And it was more of the same in this game. And they are officially in like panic mode because same thing is happening from last year where they start off incredibly well and now they're they're really struggling down the stretch. And yeah. I, I really hope it's not another Kyler Murray injury that is holding them back, but I mean, he looked pretty damn good on that that scamper on Sunday. So yeah. maybe he's not hurt, but something's still going on. I don't know if it's Cliff Kingsbury. Never been a fan of him. And, you know, I was kind of turning my opinion around in the beginning of the year. And that's right back to where it used to be now, just because this is ridiculous that they didn't win this game, dude. Like losing that game to the Lions and following up with a crucial game against the Colts and they score 16 points and that's just disgusting. So especially with an offense that they have. Yeah. And as you're alluding to Eric, the Cardinals mustered 375 yards. So it's not like they had like a problem moving the ball. And if you have that many yards and you're finishing with 16 points, it's just crazy to think that that's like a playoff contending team, let alone like yeah. a team that had the best record in the league two weeks ago. So I, I really don't understand what the big problem is and why they can't finish drives. But, I mean, obviously Matt Prater missing those two field goals didn't help. And then I don't know if you saw that Kyler Murray safety where he got flagged in the end zone for intentional grounding Yeah, after that bad snap. That's kind of just the culmination of what's been going on with him lately. Just a lot of mental mistakes and just not executing when they have to, which yeah. a lot of it I put on Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, they had 85 yards and penalties. Good God. Which, again, mental mistakes, Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. This is the third straight game in which the Cardinals were a win-in-were-in situation, and they've lost all three. It's crazy, dude. The Rams were like three games back a month ago in the NFC West, and now they are leading the division. Like, that was... Didn't even seem possible a month ago.
yeah, so you're just like, okay, Cardinals are the better team between the two, and yeah. they got such a big lead. Definitely uh, applies to our motto, of course, of every any given Sunday, baby. Literally. <laughs> uh, and it's it's crazy because like, you look at the Colts, and I mean, Carson Wentz didn't have – I mean, he had, a, he had an okay game. He looked pretty good, dude. And I like how they had him throw 28 times. Yeah. He didn't he didn't have to like uh throw for over 30 or 40 times. It was like the perfect amount of balance in that game. Yeah, uh, efficient for sure. And I think the way Fr- Frank Reich is handling him is just chef's kiss, dude. Especially the last couple of weeks, he's looked pretty damn confident and he's, he's thrown been some fucking the ball. Yeah, he's thrown some fucking rockets, like yeah, with confidence the too. Needle. Yeah, exactly, and that's crucial to him, you know, because yeah. it seems like he lacks confidence at times. Well, and dude, I, I think imagine that's all being Frank an Reich. Eagles quarterback, <laughs> dude. Those fans in your ear for twenty four seven. Yeah, all of a sudden you just like you get hurt, and then everyone's just like, "Big Dick Nick, Big Dick Nick." <laughs> It's got to be tough to get replaced by a guy with that nickname. Okay, and who's who's yeah, who's a uh, third stringer for the Bears now? <laughs> got his uh, got his chance this week. I know he actually didn't look great. I mean, he didn't look terrible either. But uh, the that's a Bears quarterback for you. Yeah, the Seahawks. Uh, fuck man, I don't know. Real quick, though, about Jonathan Taylor, dude. Missing three-fifths of his O-line, and then later when he lost Eric Fisher, so basically four out of his five, he ran for 108 yards still. Pretty crazy, dude. The real deal, dude. That guy is... NFL's leading rusher, has all those touchdowns. Definitely should be considered for the MVP. Won't win it because Aaron Rodgers will probably run it again. But still should be considered because, I mean, he kind of proved that with some adversity, he still is able to handle his normal workload and stat line with ease. Yeah, against a pretty solid team, too. So. Exactly. Very good defense. I agree. The Colts, man. Colts are scary, dude. They are. It's just one of those teams, like, you don't know what you're going to get with them, but you certainly wouldn't want to play them in, like, a must-have must have game. Yeah, they're one game behind the Titans right now. Yeah, we were talking about it like last week or so about how the Titans have kind of blew their chance. I mean, that almost seemed like that was a for sure division winner too after they swept the season series, but the Colts have bounced right back. Yeah, now they're possibly have a chance to uh, win the division, if not definitely Make some noise in the wild card. Yeah. Too bad you have the Chargers a defense that fucking can suck. Turn the ball over and you have Jonathan Taylor. Scary. Yeah. And then, like, all the the guys that they're losing because of COVID should be coming back in a week or so. So, exactly. And if they're doing this right now against a pretty stout defense, it's kind of. No Darius Leonard in that game. I mean, that's got to yeah. be one of the most impactful linebackers in the game. And their defense still only gave up 16 points. I mean, that's their signal caller. Yeah, that's their Didn't quarterback. Didn't really seem to matter at all. 
It's fucking crazy, dude. One more stat. Um, Cardinals scored 30-plus points in seven of their first nine games, and they've only scored 30 just once in their last six. Jesus. What's going on? Fucking blew their load early, I guess. <laughs> just, like, just like last year. Jeez, dude. That must be a Kingsbury thing, dude. Someone needs to ask him if he's got uh, issues with, uh, I don't you got, know. You got issues in bed? Because I think you it might be you. translating to the field, son. Yeah, it shows. It's showing. <laughs> <laughs> you embarrassing yourself. Uh, and another um, great game, actually, and it was pivotal for the Bills to win. Uh, they beat the New England Patriots at home. Uh, thirty three or in New England, thirty three to twenty one. Um, man, talk about talk about a turnaround where uh the last game that these guys met up, it it didn't look too good going into this game, and then talk about the flip. This is another team that's like very hot and cold, I guess you could say. It's like when they're hot, they're fucking one of the best teams in the NFL. But when they're garbage, man, they are absolutely garbage. <laughs> but they pulled it off, man. They beat the Patriots. Uh, they got pressure on Matt Jones. Um, basically, I think that's the reason why the Patriots weren't uh, too efficient on offense. I mean, they, they were okay. Matt Jones threw two picks. Uh, Damian Harris obviously ran the ball very well. On 18 carries, he had 103 yards for three touchdowns. So, I mean, they had that going for him. But Mac Jones has only uh, only completed 14 uh, out of 32, which is not, mm. yeah, not not a characteristic of what he's been doing this year. So they definitely made him feel uncomfortable. Um, they only sacked him once though, which is which is a weird stat line, but. They were one for 10 on third downs, the Patriots. Yeah, and I do agree, though, even though they only sacked him once, it was the game plan to, you know, force him to throw Mac Jones as much as possible. They still ran for 149 rushing yards, but kind of towards those third and longs or just like second and longs, they really were stacking the box and making Mac Jones throw, hence the 14 to 32. And he struggled a lot, so... Like you said, with the two interceptions as well, he looked pretty rattled at times. And as you alluded to with the one out of 10 on third downs, the Bills just made the stops when they had to. And Josh Allen spreading the ball around. I always always talk of Josh Allen on this podcast, and I will continue to do so, especially when he has games like this where he's missing two of his top targets and – Gabe Davis and Cole Beasley, and that clearly didn't matter at all. And he was 30 of 47 for 314, three touchdowns, and he didn't turn the ball over. And he also rushed for 64 yards. And I don't know if you saw that that fourth down run late in the game. It's pretty awesome, dude. He made such a nice move. It was like a they pulled left, and it was just a basically like a QB power run. Uh-huh. And there's a guy. I think he was the the right end coming towards Josh, like on the inside. So Josh like ran, oops, Josh like ran to the outside and then there's like a corner coming from the outside. So he like faked him out to where he was like 
going to keep running to the outside. And he just made like an upcut and basically split the defense. It's Damn. amazing to watch from a quarterback, let alone a dude that size. But I just – he leaves me like stunned so many times, and that was another one of those plays. I was just like, holy shit. Like you just don't see that a lot. And again, from a quarterback nonetheless. But yeah, he just amazed me again with that – Massive win. I mean, it was in Foxborough. The Bills never win there. Mm-hmm. And Josh Allen made sure they were going to win that game. It was essentially for the division, too, because now they're sitting on top. Yeah. A couple games ago, but flip-flop, and now all of a sudden, yeah, like you said, the Bills are on top, and the, the Pats are on the outside looking in. So the the Bills Mafia still have hope. I know we always joke around with, with uh, how, like, the Patriots have been the hottest team up until this week, right? They got they got beat, but um, it's like the Bills have been really good, and then this year they've done really good, and they've had some really bad games, games that they shouldn't have lo- uh, lost, and then they come over to New England and just pummel them, execute per- uh, the plan perfectly, keep the Patriots scoreless in the first quarter and then literally have them only score a touchdown per quarter. That's pretty fucking good. Yeah. And just over 400 yards of offense that Pat's defense is kind of coming back down to earth as well. Now with the, the amount of points they've been given up in that seven game win streak, just yeah. like a ridiculous number. Um, I don't know if, you could say they're like figuring out the Pats defense, but um, I think it's more so just um, getting the Patriots offense off the field and the Patriots defense doesn't have as much time to, you know, like rest and stuff. It's really starting to affect them. So we'll see what their next two games. They have um, the Jaguars and dolphins. So you would assume, I don't know that dolphins game will be tough, but they'll beat the Jaguars. Yeah, and then the Bills have the Falcons and Jets, so you'd assume they win both of those games. So it could come down to that um, Patriots-Dolphins game, which I do believe if the Dolphins continue winning because they're on that seven-game win streak, that could come down to one of the wild-card spots as well. So that that would be a crazy game. Yeah, which is crazy because I think they're the first team to have a a seven-game losing streak and a seven-game winning streak. (laughs) I saw that today. That's a, that really is insane. And it's like over 75% of the season and you have one win streak of one number and another of the same losing streak. It's just crazy. You're like, damn, it's looking bad because you have seven game loss. Dude, and then yeah. The next like, seven well, games. We're not making the playoffs. And all <laughs> of a sudden, they're like right in the thick of it. So I saw a stat line for Tua. He's the, he has the highest completion percentage for any quarterback that started for two years like in his first two years or in the last two years in the league he's the highest in the last in the last two years yeah really yeah 67 point like one or something he does throw a lot of short passes though he does he does but that's an interesting stat considering that like we always uh bash him Obviously, I still think Herbert is the better quarterback overall, as far as like oh. utility, utility, and like um, yeah, his toolkit or whatever. But Absolutely. he's starting to, uh, uh, I guess, lower the gap between him, Burrow, and Herbert. He's starting to at least at least get within arm's reach, maybe. Well, 
you compare what he was like getting roasted for after his rookie year of like not throwing the ball down the field a lot. And I saw people kind of comparing that to Mac Jones and they're saying like that guy was getting kind of praised for not throwing the ball down the field a lot because he's like, oh, like a smart quarterback. and He's a game manager. So didn't really get that same noise that Tua was getting negatively for the way he, you know, um, runs a football game. So, yeah, I don't think that was very fair, but he is he's shown everybody that he's not gonna lay down and die like everyone's like oh man he's already a bust he's like not gonna do well and he's quietly had a pretty solid year so the only thing i would have to say besides the ravens and i don't know if they had lamar that game but their win streak consists of the texans the ravens the jets the panthers the giants the jets and the saints <laughs> i mean you can't really get too easier hyped, yeah. than that besides yeah, again the ravens Pretty sure, yeah. Besides the Ravens, all those are under five hundred. They're at the Titans this week. They, they don't win that game. I don't think so either. Well, shit. No, Derek Henry. I, I forgot the Titans suck now. So <laughs> <laughs> again, though, that would be crazy if they win that game and they go to New England to face off for a wild card spot. Well, if if the Titans lose to. The Dolphins, I believe, and yeah, the Colts end up winning. And play for that yeah. wild card. God, it's going to come down to it. Yeah, too bad I can't talk the same about the Chargers, man. Can't fucking catch a break, dude. Well, we said it uh, when we were talking about how they have to basically win out. If they were to lose one of those games, it would have to be the Texans. So, yeah, they did. Uh, yeah, woo. <laughs> trap game dude such a trap game like i can't use the excuse that we didn't have like major players on defense but that was ah, man so that was so deflating watching that on sunday yeah rex burkhead running all around rex who god dude <laughs> didn't even know that guy was still playing man i can assure you this they won't lose to the most punchable face in the league next week so drew lock dude don't don't hold your tongue, man. I I'll guarantee it on this podcast right now. Y'all heard it first. Guaranteed. Y'all heard it first. I mean, it is at SoFi, so that definitely plays in our breadbasket, but Drew Lock's a bitch. Nah, Come I on this podcast and talk shit to me. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you how bad of a quarterback you are. Uh move on to our Primetime predictions. Uh, since there was no Thursday night game, I had the leeway of picking, and I was gonna ask you to to like chime in, but it felt like that was like one of the more pivotal games, I guess, outside of like the Dolphins game. So the Kansas City Chiefs are going to Cincinnati to play the Bengals, and the Chiefs are five point favorites. It's gonna be a, it should be a really good game. Uh, Joe Burrow is becoming. I mean, we've seen glimpses last year, and then this year he's shown some some shine, but he is becoming one of the elite quarterbacks right now. He absolutely shredded uh, the Ravens last week. He took that personal for sure, that that uh, that quote. I forget what the guy said. I think it was a defensive coordinator for the the Ravens. I don't remember exactly what he said, but he, he took that personal for sure. 
Well, I know. So I know that um, Jim or John Harbaugh got all butt hurt, ironically, because they thought Joe Burrow was, or he thought it was lame that they kept having Joe throw to get over 500 yards. And people are like, wait, hold on. Weren't you the one that was like the game was completely over and you could have kneeled, but you like ran the ball just to continue that streak of 100-yard rushing games? Yeah, And then like the coach on the other team got mad at that, and he's like, oh, whatever. I thought that was kind of ironic how he was like all butthurt about it. It's like, dude, you basically did the same exact thing like not even 10 weeks ago. Fucking hardballs. Yeah, they for, they forget, dude. It's they okay, rage. Dude. Uh, Burrow, Burrow, his response to that running up the score was, "This isn't Pee Wee. This isn't high school where you go out and run up the score. You play until the final whistle. I don't care what the score is." Hey, <laughs> cry. That and he uh, he also bought those custom. Did you see those custom G Shock watches for his offensive line? Oh, I didn't see it. Yeah, fucking. Diamond plated platinum or something like that, dude. So sick. Platinum. And it, you know, it's crazy because like we criticized the Bengals for going out and getting Jamar Chase instead of getting uh offensive lineman. And it seems I mean, knock on wood, right? But it seems to be a non factor. And it looks like the Jamar Chase pick was the better of the two. Um, compared to who? Sorry, Bengals picking um, Jamar Chase over like an offensive lineman like Slater, oh, like Sewell, Sewell, or anything like that. Yeah, because yeah, everyone thought they were gonna pick Sewell. Yeah, but yeah, it seems seems to Did, be working out. He's stayed upright for the most part. It seems. Thank yeah, God. knock on wood. Yeah, again, you never know, but. I'll uh I'll be so intrigued to see how Jamar does in the playoffs. It's like will the rookie show up, you know? They love yeah. those big light or they love the big lights at LSU. So you would think him and Burrow, when it comes to playoff time, I feel like they're gonna explode. Dude, that would be so sick to watch. Yeah, it, they're in Ohio, so I'm not supposed to like them because a lot of their fans are Ohio State fans, but uh that aside, I'm kind of a fan of the Bengals. Like I like Joe Burrow. I don't mind Jamar Chase. Um, yeah, I've always I've always liked the Bengals since Ochocinco and uh, Carson Palmer days. Hushman Zada. Yeah, who's your mama? <laughs> but we'll see how uh, Zach Taylor does when it comes down to it. Been uh, running the team pretty well and. Um, other than like their kind of up and down type of performances, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it comes. We'll see how he does when it comes down to the most crucial games of the season, because he doesn't really seem to me like a big strategy guy or like a big like rah rah guy. I don't know if it's just because I don't really hear much about him, but. Um, yeah, I just know that he was getting criticism at the beginning of the year, towards the beginning-ish of the year when they were kind of struggling on offense, and he's like that yeah. offensive guy. So, I don't know, kind of a random blurb about Zach Taylor. but I think um, back to like the, the betting odds and stuff, I think 
I think the Chiefs end up covering. Uh, I don't think that the Bengals are going to show too much. Being that this is literally, if uh, it all plays out, the, they'll probably meet each other in the playoffs at some point if they're trying to get to the Super Bowl. That would be a sick matchup too. So I Playoff feel like matchup, they're not... I mean. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. And it'll actually be in um, Arrowhead. So it'll be like the stark contrast of this. Um, mm-hmm. So I feel like it's going to be a, uh, a weird game because I, I don't think they want to show too much of what they have because they're going to most likely play each other again. But they don't want to lose the game either. Like the Bengals, they have the head-to-head with the, the Ravens. So they have more of a cushion. So maybe they don't have to show too much. And then the Chiefs uh, already locked up the division. So it could be uh, one of those games where they don't, they just kind of go out there, go through the motions, don't show anything too crazy. And in that sense, I feel like the Chiefs will, will, will cover because they want to stay in rhythm. And I think last week they didn't have Kelsey and Hill, I think it was. Uh, so now that they have them, maybe they're just going to like work them in, try to get the guys that were out on COVID back into like the swing of things and stuff. And realistically, I would not be surprised either if like Mahomes doesn't play the whole game. I agree with that. I think just with the inconsistencies with Cincinnati though, um, it, it just makes me weary to take them. Cause I yeah. don't even, I think minus five is pretty generous. I think it should be a little bit bigger. So knowing that, I would take um, Chiefs minus five. I think they'll win by like seven to ten, um, kind of back and forth, maybe a slower game. But um, I don't see the Bengals. I don't think they've won three games in a row all year. And all the Chiefs do is cover lately. So I'll just uh, roll with the trends. Uh, over, over, under – Mahomes playing more than three quarters. I'm going to say over. I say it's for two reasons. It's going to still be somewhat of a close game and kind of what you were saying, Eric, about them like wanting to kind of just keep it rolling. I think if it's still somewhat of a close game, Andy Reid will want Patty Boy to be out there for, you know, like situational stuff. Yeah, that's true. Just to kind of keep it, keep it flowing. Um, Yeah, I think, I think he'll, I think he'll play four quarters, but I, I don't think he'll play out the fourth. I think at some point they'll they'll sit him. Put me in. Yeah, put me in, coach. I'm ready. Man. Um, our Sunday night game is the uh Minnesota Vikings going to uh Lambo to play the Packers. The Packers are six and a half point favorites. I mean, is there is there any question that the Green Bay Packers lose this game at all? They're fucking playing lights out right now. Aaron Rodgers is being Aaron Rodgers MVP candidate, possibly runaway candidate. I I could see them easily covering. The Vikings are just the worst team to bet on <laughs> or against because you never really know. And they should be getting Dalvin back. But Zach Green Bay, eh, 
And again, it's like division games. Like I, I see where you're coming from saying like it should be easy cover because on, on yeah. paper it should be, you know. And Kirk Cousins hasn't been playing well. Mm. I don't know, dude. It's, this one's kind of hard for me. I know you hate them both. Yeah, that's another thing. I don't want to show that I'm a believer more so in either <laughs> team. I'll just go – I'll go Vikings because I think they're just going to surprise everybody and have like a really good game. And the Packers will squeak one out with the ref's help in the end or who knows. But I think it will be closer than six and a half for sure. Uh, you think over under Aaron Rodgers throws more than 50, 350 yards? I'm going to go definitely under on that. Only, well, Not only because, but – well, first of all, it's a pretty big number. <laughs> and it's probably going to be pretty damn cold in Lambeau, so they might not throw as much. Uh-huh. And he has two good running backs on his squad, and the That's Vikings true. like to run two, so I'll go under. I, I was going to do uh, 300 yards, but it seems like with all the good quarterbacks, it's like too easily attainable now. To go Bold, I might even go under that. Under three? Yeah. Uh, I mean, if it's snowing, I could see it easily being a a fucking old, gritty, like, football game. Someone just got to step on that man's toe. Every time (laughs) someone steps on it, you, like, can barely walk. If you do it repeatedly (laughs) enough, you won't be able to throw anymore. Can't plant plant that foot. He has avermectin in his blood. (laughs) (laughs) Getting cortisone shots every five minutes on the sideline. Literally. (laughs) Um, Another actually rivalry game, or divisional rivalry that is, uh, Monday night game is the Cleveland Browns going into Heinz Field to play the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Cleveland Browns are three-point favorites, which, I mean, I could see it, I guess, but I I don't, I mean, I'll let you actually do this one first. I have the Browns because from what I saw last week with the Steelers and the Chiefs game, they just look dead, dude. I don't even know if they're going to roll out. Shit, they have to. They have to roll out Ben next week because I'm probably going to be his last home game ever. But yeah, I seriously think they'd have a better chance than Mason Rudolph at this point because that dude is just a, a walking corpse. Can't do anything. He, like, can't get... Deontay Johnson, one of the best receivers in the game involved. And I don't know, man. Their their defense is giving up that many points to the Chiefs. I know the Chiefs are rolling and the Browns aren't the Chiefs on offense, certainly. But I just with the Browns really needing this game, of course the Steelers do too, but the Browns really need it because I don't think the Steelers are gonna make the playoffs. Yeah. Um I don't see I don't see the Steelers keeping up. It, it'll probably be like a grinded out game, like not a ton of points, but I uh-huh. still don't see the Steelers losing by anything less than three or anything. Yeah. Anything less than three. So I, I, I have the Browns to cover. Um, On the stark contrast, I was like, they're playing at home. Ben Roethlisberger's literally probably his last hurrah. Like you said, last home game. It's, it's hard to, it's hard to pick them. Cause I'm not really, I wouldn't say I'm a Steeler fan, but I'm not a hater either. Uh, 
I guess I just don't like the majority outside of like two of my friends that are Steeler fans. The rest of the Steeler fans are kind of douchey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like almost makes me not want to root for them for that sole factor. But I feel like it's going to be, like you said, a close game. And the difference maker is going to be the defense. Uh, so I think I think that I think the Steelers cover. Okay. At home, uh, I'm not a, I'm not too fond of uh, Mayfield, and I don't know if if it's like a cold, tough game. One of those like old school like it's like icy. I don't know if it's going to be like that in Pittsburgh, but. Uh, it'll probably be cold. That's for sure. Oh yeah. I don't know. I don't know if May May. We'll see. We'll see if the uh, big lights are too big for him. I I hope it's a. I don't hope, but I think it's a get it right game from Nick Chubb. Uh-huh. I think he's gonna run loose on that on that defense. Uh yeah, dude. Honestly, I honestly forgot about Nick Chubb. <laughs> Well, you know what? I'm just, I'm gonna stick to it. That's fine because they they have Najee Harris and and um, Baker's boy, Kareem Hunt's coming back. I only say that because he dumps off to him a lot. The, the dump truck. <laughs> we we took back or we took a week off because uh, your boy got COVID. Uh, I'm almost fully recovered at this point. Uh, we talked about the players in NBA and the NFL. And uh, all of them that are in COVID, which is an insane amount. But that's going to do it for us today, guys. Uh, We will see you next week. And next week, I mean next year. And uh, stay tuned because we got a lot coming for you. Go Blue. Beat Georgia.